Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He'll be back on Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, well, just I guess the big news in the political world and the geopolitical world is that Nancy Pelosi has landed in Taiwan. This is a, a seen as a big middle finger to the Communist Party in China because China sees Taiwan as a rogue province that's their property, and mm-hmm. of course having a high ranking. Um, member of Congress show up, but I mean, second in line after Kamala Harris to ascend to the presidency, should something happen, that's a, that's a pretty big deal of rec- recognition. Not the first time it's happened, but China, of course, is very, very upset by this. But then again, who cares? Wasn't the last one Newt Gingrich? That sounds right. I, I, and the thing is, when Newt Gingrich visited Taiwan, he was in Beijing first. Mm-hmm. To kind of like, okay, listen, I'm going to go to Taiwan. Here's the deal, blah, 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 kind of explaining it. And there was not an international incident like this is. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, still, though, man, I I know that there are people upset about this, that this is unnecessarily provocative. But at the same time, you know what? Screw it. What's the point in being the eminent superpower in the world if you're not willing to say China? What are you going to do about it? And I well, and and my thing with with Nancy Pelosi, the the, the biggest thing I have to, to ding her on with this is that I think it would be much more impactful had this been a bipartisan trip. You know, had this been the Speaker of the House, and then maybe take somebody from the Republican Party, uh, from the Intelligence Committee, from National Security side of things. You know, something to make this look less like Nancy Pelosi propping herself up. That being said. Uh, I also wonder whether or not this isn't doesn't have something to do with semiconductors and chips and whatnot, because she just got caught up in a controversy, well, with her husband buying shares in these chips companies right before Congress is about to vote on something that would massively benefit this. And Taiwan has a big role to play in that world. So maybe this is Nancy Pelosi not so much caring at all what China is going to say about it. And she's just checking in on the state of her investments. Gosh, you know, that that's the thing is like if Nancy Pelosi weren't such a loathsome human being, I would be all about it cheerleading her showing up to Taiwan because you know what? Screw the Communist Party in China. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be worried about this or we shouldn't be. I'm going to kowtow to this crap when they're saying, well, we could shoot her plane down out of the sky. No, you're not going. You're not going to do that. And if they did do that, that's not Nancy Pelosi starting something. That's them starting a war. So, uh, you know, they're, they're going to moan about it. They're going to whine about it. They're going to do all of that. Well, tough. Deal with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I understand that. And the other side of me says we're stretched so thin now mm-hmm. that the last thing we want is some sort of freaking hot war going on with China. Yeah, but at the same time, China economically is in some serious dire straits. Their, their housing market is collapsing. Uh, their oil market or their their uh, energy market is collapsing. They are in a world of hurt, and a lot of it has to do with COVID zero policies mm-hmm. of shutting down major economic hubs in that country and not knowing what to do, not knowing what part two of the plan has been all along. 
What they really need is just a copy of Build Back Better. That is prob- <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> Right. Right. I, you know, I, to me, it's just like, you know what, China, you unleashed COVID on the world. You lied about it from, from jump. You're still lying about it from jump. You're lucky that the world hasn't already turned on you. You're lucky that you have put so much financial uh, incentives on independent companies throughout the world to not speak out against you. Mm -hmm. So, you know what, you're just going to have to deal with Nancy Pelosi showing up in Taiwan. Sorry. That's it. Uh, Meanwhile, the U.S. took out the leader of al-Qaeda, who was hiding out in Afghanistan. Now, that's something we were told wasn't going to happen, right? Al-Qaeda, they're not the Taliban. This is a new and kinder and gentler Taliban. They're not going to let al-Qaeda just form operations there. Well, apparently the leader of al-Qaeda was there. Kind of surprising to me. A little bit, yeah. Uh, But Joe Biden made the announcement about the drone strike that killed Ayman al-Zawari, uh, last night, and I, I, it's still kind of embarrassing. I wish he would have just put out a statement. Because you got this thing that if, if this guy was planning something, they don't think he was actively planning something, but he was sort of the symbol of the network for Al-Qaeda around the world. So it's still, man, I don't know, having the president go out in the state that he's in, because he sounded like crap. Here's the, here's the president. The United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan, that killed the emir of Al-Qaeda. Iman al-Zawiri. Mm, boy. You know, Zawiri was uh, bin Laden's leader. He was with him all the, the whole time. He was his number two man, his deputy at the time the terrorist attack 9-11. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11. One of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. Okay. Hey, go ahead. It only took him 20 years. I mean, you know, maybe if they stopped harassing parents at school board meetings, they could have solved this a long time ago. But hey. Right. I mean, there is the cynical part of me that's like, okay, so you kind of knew where this guy was all along, and then you're just saying, okay, well, the, the... well, let's see, our polling data is worse than it's ever been. Uh, let's go find a radical Muslim to go kill. Exactly. And we're going to yeah. go do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen. I'm, bipartisan, bipartisan support on killing him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, now, right, I, yeah. Again, I, I'm also sitting here remembering that a couple of years ago, the word was that he was already dead. So yes. I'm just yeah. a little bit confused about whether or not this is true. But, again, we'll we'll wait and see here. It's uh, just like the glasses with the nose and the fake mustache. You fooled everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, again, the other takeaway here is that we were assured by the geniuses who orchestrated the disastrous pullout from Afghanistan last year, we were assured that, that al-Qaeda would not be welcomed into Afghanistan. They would not be able to set up any sort of network, yet here we are. It was only a couple of months after the disastrous pullout from Afghanistan that apparently this dude shows up and he's got an apartment in downtown Kabul. Yeah. So, well, we all knew that was a lie, but now it's been confirmed that it's a lie. But National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, one of these model UN dorks, uh, was on the Today Show and he was asked if the fact that he was able to be in downtown Kabul shows Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan was actually an even bigger failure than we already knew. And here's what Jake had to say about it. Well, I think it's strange to call it a safe harbor when we just took out the leader of al-Qaeda uh, sitting on his balcony in Kabul. Right, but he, he'd been there for like eight months. Yeah. 
So, cool. so, no, it does not signal that to me. What it signals to me, Savannah, is that the president has made good on his word when we left. He said the United States did not need to keep sending thousands of American men and women to fight and die in Afghanistan after 20 years of war to keep this country safe. He said we would be able to continue to target and take out terrorists in Afghanistan without troops on the ground. And over this weekend, with this swift and decisive action that he ordered, he delivered on that promise. He made good on what he said, and the United States continues to maintain the capacity to hold at risk any terrorist who plots against us from Afghanistan or anywhere else without having thousands of troops on the ground. Yeah, he also said the Taliban wouldn't take over Afghanistan. He also said Al-Qaeda would not be allowed to be in Afghanistan at all. Mm-hmm. So that was all. Well, he also said the Afghan army could handle it, too. Oh, of course. Yeah, 300,000. They were in control, total control. Yeah, it's a finely tuned machine. Yes. That uh, that Afghan military, except it wasn't. for about 18 hours, yeah. (laughs) Right, except it just was not. Mm -hmm. All right, we got more on that a little bit later. I want to move to a fresh helping of word salad from (laughs) Vice President Kamala Harris. Because, you know, this is what we've got on deck, Scott. Why are they allowing this to happen every, at least once a week? Yeah. It never changes. It's not like, boy, that was a good speech. That was a great <laughs> time. Nothing. That never happens. No, it doesn't. It's always this protracted, uh, going down the highway, careening out of control statements. And, and, and again, she does this because in her mind, what she's saying is profound. Oh, Yeah. Right? I mean, you, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. You, you can always tell when she's done saying something that most people yeah. are going, what in the world did you just say? She looks like a gymnast who just perfectly stuck the landing. Right. She's just like, I did it. You, know, you could start seeing the tears of triumph well up in her eyes. It's just an elongated fortune cookie all the time. So, so she announced yesterday the feds are going to spend a billion dollars to prevent climate change. Yeah, because that always works. Just spend money on things and, you know, it'll stop raining so much or the sun will stop being hot. Right. That's okay. That's That's stupid. But all right. Uh, She spun it, though, in a way that she's only capable of spinning something. I know that while we send our prayers and our love, we also with each day renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together, to do something about it. Vice President Predictive Text. (laughs) You want to unpack that? Well, (laughs) I, I think if you read the transcript version of it, maybe she just needs better, uh... Uh, better copywriters. There's, so there's a difference you know, between writing just the words of a speech and then writing copy that's supposed to be delivered live. Because mm-hmm. if you're delivering it live, you're not going to, you're not going to write a speech the way that you would write a, uh, a paper or something like that or write out a statement. Right? You've got to have uh, easy markings to where you're supposed to take breaks, to where you're supposed to emphasize certain words, certain syllables. You don't want to add too many little clauses in there. You don't want to have too many commas. It's got to be very direct. It's got to be concise and clear writing. So, but if you, write, if you look at the transcript, that sentence almost makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when you hear it come out of her mouth, because she has no idea how to deliver a speech, it just sounds like complete gobbledygook. I know that 
while we send our prayers mm-hmm. and our love, our love, we also, with each day, renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together, to do something about it. So the, the shorter version, if she weren't so obsessed with sounding like she's got this soaring rhetoric just sitting yeah. in her back pocket, right. would be, hey, our thoughts and prayers go out to the people affected by severe weather right now, but it should also serve as a reminder that we've got to act immediately to prevent things like this from happening in the future. So the great Pete Townsend was right when he wrote the lyrics. It's the singer, not the song, that makes the music move along. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the words are there. They're just not delivered very well, right? right? Exactly. Too so, many yeah. notes flying around. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Uh, new spin on gas prices. You know, they're falling at the fastest rate in over a decade. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station, News Talk 550 KTSA, and FM 1071. This is Sherry Preston from ABC News. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to San Antonio and South Texas. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for uh, being around, hanging around with us. Well, the White House thinks that you owe them a big old thank you now that gas prices are a mere $2 a gallon higher than they were when Joe Biden took off. Yeah, no thanks. No end zone dancing. No, no, no. but they're down 80 cents, Scott. Yeah, well. (laughs) On average. Yeah, because people cancel all their travel plans and aren't using as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's it's pretty pretty remarkable here. Uh, Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre tried to do the end zone dance yesterday. Here's what that sounded like. Uh, We have now been falling for almost seven straight weeks. Uh, As of this morning, gas prices have dropped 81 cents per gallon since their peak in June, as you'll see from the chart uh, to my left here. Uh, That means American families who, who, with two cars are saving $80 a month. Uh, Drivers can now find gas for three... Eighty dollars a month, but groceries alone, yeah, are cost like a hundred dollars a month more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, ninety nine dollars uh, or less uh, at around half of all gas stations across the country, and average gasoline prices have come below three ninety nine in nineteen states. Putin's war is still putting pressure on global uh, oil supply, no, okay. but President Biden is taking historic action to mitigate its impacts. Uh, more work remains, but the fact is that we are currently experiencing the fastest decline in gas prices in over a decade. It's like saying, you know, year over year, we've seen the fastest decline in Alec Baldwin-involved shootings right, in American right. history. Yeah. Well, you- well, I guess technically that's true, but Alec well, yeah. Baldwin killing a woman last year is still a bad thing. Right. <laughs> and again, as you mentioned, it's still $2 higher than it was. Right. I, I, it's, it's amazing because they, they have the graph uh. out there, right, that shows at the record high for the uh, gas prices, and then it's, it dips down. But it's such a small window of time that it makes it look like it's fallen off the cliff. Well, if you extend that graph out to year over year, Boy, it really is just a blip on the radar, isn't it? Now, 
we may be in a situation where demand in China will fall off the face of the earth completely because their economy is hanging on by a thread, and then gas prices, because the price of oil, will go down precipitously. So that's that's possible, and it looks like we may avoid, in the month of August, those like new record highs that some analysts had been thinking about as a result of that. But for them to be like, well, well yeah, you know, we released uh, from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and that means that, uh, well, you're welcome for saving 80 cents a gallon. That is rich. Yeah, we were 20 games out of first place. Now we're 10 <laughs> games out of first place. The increase is unbelievable. At, at a certain point, you're just kind of screwing us over for yeah, next right. year's draft. I mean, you're in, less, you're in last place less than you were. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't. No. No, no it never will. Never Golly. Will. You know, okay, I... Joe. I got I got a message from some angry lib who hate listens, and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, thank you for listening that, yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it said, nothing they do is right, and blah, 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 you guys yeah. are just always attacking, attacking, attacking. It's like, well, again, I go back to the Scott Robbins quote, name one metric where things have actually gotten better. Yeah, that's all. Just name one. Relative. Name one. And don't make something up. I mean, right. name one metric. Yeah, yeah, relative to where he started as president. Yeah, what what's improved? What's better than yeah. it was? That one thing. Yeah, you, you really can't find one. And also, I'm and sorry, go. but, but yeah. we went through four years of liberals trying to tell everybody that Donald Trump was a Russian spy. You can cram it. Yeah. When, when people are ticked off because the grocery bill is higher than it's ever been, when gas prices are at record highs, um, or at least now at this point still uncomfortably high, when inflation's running red hot... And it looks like we are in a recession. Uh, yeah, you can cram it with the why are you so negative? And they want to spend. No. They want to spend another how many billion dollars? Yeah, well, uh, close to four hundred billion on climate change billion. alone. Yeah, because that's going to help. That's going to help the. Yeah. No, it's not. You're well, going to again. You're going to flood the cash all over the system yeah. and. There you go. Well, that's it. Well, somebody's going to make a lot of money, and a lot of yeah. those somebody's happen to be in Congress or working for this administration. It's one of the most underreported stories is Jennifer Granholm's connection to electric yes. vehicles and green energy. I mean, she stands uh, to make a lot of money. Go ahead. One of our listeners just said, well, one thing Joe's done is increase gun sales in the country. That is true. But liberals are very good at that. Yeah, they are. They're, Democrats they're, are, are extremely yeah, It's not just good. Joe. This is yeah. Yeah, every time they're in power, gun sales oh, go they talk up. about yes. grabbing guns. And, yes, you know, okay. well, in 2020, when liberals were all about the mostly peaceful riots, uh, boy, that that kicked off what two straight years almost now right. of record gun sales. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, yeah, okay, okay, you your found one. one. You found There's one. one. Yeah, that's good. All right, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Dave Ramsey here, celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out. Thanks so much for being here. Well, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi landed in Taiwan, which is a big old middle finger to the Chinese Communist Party because China 
considers Taiwan to be a rogue province and not an independent country. And the rest of the world, because we want that sweet, sweet Chinese cash, we play along with this idea and have for, for decades. Um, it not formally recognizing that Taiwan is its own country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently nothing has changed about that. Uh, but the Speaker of the House, one of the people in the line of succession for the presidency, showing up and shaking hands and saying we are committed to democracy all around the world. You know, she gave the usual talking points. That's that China sees that as a big slight. And I'm just like, well, listen, you, you guys unleashed COVID on the world, so I don't yep. care what you have to say. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that there are some, uh, both on the left and the right, who are miffed that she did this, saying it's wildly irresponsible. I think it would have been a better show of force if other dignitaries had shown up with her. Other people from the House of Representatives, I mean. You know, it doesn't have to be from the executive branch, but other, other folks from the House, Republicans, Democrats, everybody showing up. But right now, I mean, it could be Nancy Pelosi's just checking in on her investments. Well, you know, it's like you, you want to tour the factory before you invest again, right? Right, exactly. You want to see exactly what the product is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of times now, though, people associated with the Communist Party media have suggested harassing her, including one dude who said, hey, maybe we should shoot down her plane. Golly. Or, you know, maybe we could. And the the frustrating thing to me is that the White House, you don't have to get into the saber rattling. You don't have to go back and forth and get down in the mud with these with these monsters. But... You know, you you can just say no. We're not we're we're not going to abide by that. We're not mm-hmm. we're not going to let you do that. Right. We're not weighing in one way or the other when it comes to you know you however you want to wordsmith it. We're not weighing in on the particulars of her trip to Taiwan. But yes, we will protect any American who is traveling abroad unless their name is Brittany Griner. Um, John Kirby with the National Security Council was on Fox News and asked why China should worry about any pushback from this administration if they mess with Pelosi since they, well, this administration has been doormats for pretty much everybody else. And I can't believe it took him like four or five days to finally get to this talking point. But here's John Kirby. What will we do if they harass her visit in Taiwan by flying jets closer than they ever have before? What will we do? I'm not going to get ahead of where things are right now, and I'm not going to speculate about um, actions or reactions one way or the other. There's no reason for this uh, to become a crisis. There's no reason for them to use a potential trip as some sort of pretext for military action. I will tell you this. We take our security commitments in the region very, very seriously, uh, and we have ample capabilities in the region should we need them. We will make sure that the speaker, wherever she goes on this trip, can do so safely and in a secure fashion, uh, we will be sure of that. And again, we're not going to be intimidated. So is it it accurate to say then that if they were to do something like that, that there would be a military response to protect those skies? Well, again, it shouldn't come to any of that. But I will just tell you, we will make sure that the speaker can complete her trip in a safe and secure way. That's point one. Point two, we're going to make sure, as always, that we can meet our security commitments in the region. It is kind of amazing that it took them so long to get to that point, because that's kind of what I expected them to be saying. Like, yeah, we'll we'll abide by our security commitments, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into hypotheticals. But, I mean, for days, including John Kirby, was going out there and sounding like he was super nervous about all of this, which doesn't yeah. project strength. Well, but he <laughs> that's kind of the way he always is, right? <laughs> right. I mean, he's always, you know cowering a little bit of a cowering oh, just, just a little nervous right a little flinchy yeah, yeah. nervous fella a little jumpy yeah if somebody Me- dropped like something in the next room he'd probably 
peel him off the ceiling after that. You know? <laughs> that, that, that kind of like the frightened dog, you know? <laughs> right. On the 4th yeah. of July, they've got to hide right, him. Yeah. they got to put yeah. him in the crate. Yeah, Kirby's under the desk. Yeah. Be careful, your Kirby might get out. <laughs> right, right, exactly. He's going to run away because he's afraid All of the fireworks. All these guys seem nervous and flinchy yeah. and, you know. Well, I mean, it's because they know that at the end of the day, the dude who's supposed to be where the buck stops is yeah. senile. Right. He's not... He doesn't project strength. I mean, he's talking about, you know, turning another terrorist into Hormel Chile last night, and Joe Biden can can barely get a sentence out. Right. It's. But, yeah. 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 Meanwhile, on the political front, the left, uh, you know, they've got a long history of going after black people who don't do what they tell them to do or think differently from them. Mm-hmm. They've said it about uh, officials at every level of government, from the attorney general who didn't. Uh, prosecute the police officers who uh, were involved in the deadly shooting of Breonna Taylor. Remember they called him, what was his name, Daniel Cameron, I think? They said he was skin folk but not kin folk. That's right. Uh, Tim Scott, Republican senator out of South Carolina. Oh, well, you know, he's just a token black guy for the uh, Republican Party. Dick Durbin said that his idea of a police reform bill was a token effort. Coded language, dog whistle. Well, they they do this all the time. Yeah, you get well, you get in line, or right. we're, you're, we're going to call you names. <laughs> so yes. You got a black guy running who is a conservative, Larry Elder, yeah. running for yeah. uh, California governor, and they say he's the black face of white supremacy. That's right. Winsome Sears and they, Virginia they created that phrase. By the way, the right. black face of white supremacy. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, it, it's happened again with uh, Senate Republican candidate Herschel Walker, former football player. Uh, just to set the table, over the weekend, MSNBC's Ellie Mistal, this is the guy who uh, has been described as uh, mad scientist Fat Albert. Oh, yeah. Kind of a chunky guy, that's the big him. hair. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Ellie Mistal said this about uh, Herschel Walker running for Senate and why Republicans seem to be lining up behind him. Now you ask, why are Republicans backing this man who's so clearly unintelligent, who so clearly doesn't have independent thoughts, but that's actually the reason. Walker's gonna do what he's told. And that's what Republicans like. That's what Republicans want from their Negroes, to do what they're told. Dude, the, the current president of the United States, who is a Democrat, literally said on a national radio show if you don't vote for me you're not black mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah his horrible human being of a wife compared latinos to tacos because well yeah why not i mean dude what where is this guy getting this from because the left is they have some of the most racist hateful rhetoric when it comes to black Republicans. And he takes a shot at the intelligence of Herschel Walker? Right, right this guy does. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, Has Hers- he heard AOC? <laughs> I mean, right. is, is he familiar with the people in his own party? Right. Good golly. Now, Herschel Walker responded to this, and I will say, I mean, this, this is a higher road than I would have taken if I were running that campaign. But here's what he had to say. Here's what I got to say about that. Shame on MSNBC. And shame on him. I'm going to pray for both of them because they need Jesus. When I saw what he said, it reminded me of the differences between myself and my opponents, Senator Warnock, and the left-wing crazy that believe America is fundamentally a bad country full of racist people. They want to divide us, turn us against each other. 
we have our problems, but we can solve them together. Yeah, they, the left just cannot accept that right now within conservative circles, within the conservative movement, and I mean voters who don't necessarily say, oh, I'm dying the wool Republican or whatever, they, they don't really care the, uh, what the color of the skin is of whoever is running as long as the message resonates. And it's, it's deeply disturbing to me when you have the left automatically go to race anytime they disagree with somebody. You know, when we make fun of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, since you brought her up, yeah, it's not well. because she's Hispanic or, what does she say, Latinx? Whatever she Latinx, is. Latinx, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not. It's because she's an idiot. Right. It's period, the end. It's not because of the color of her skin. It's not because of her gender. It's because she's a dope. Well, if she would just be quiet, we would have to look elsewhere for show content. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, but she is... keeps talking, and we keep telling you about it because, quite frankly, it's freaking funny. It is. Well, this lady said that that going and getting her nails done was a form of protest. That's right. Okay, so yeah, that's that's funny. That's that's funny. That's an idiotic statement, and it's yeah. very very funny. Yeah. And it makes you feel better because if you were questioning your own intelligence, all you have to do is listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, listen, don't ever tell me that America's not great when somebody with a room temperature IQ like that can ascend oh, yeah. to uh, massive popularity and then wind up in the halls of Congress, okay? That's, that's great. That is, that's, a, that's a success story. You have people that actually take her seriously. Yeah. And, and and again, the criticism isn't because of her skin color or anything no, like that. No, nothing to do with that. It's just because she's a dope. Right. Um, but whenever Republicans or conservative voters support or get behind a person of color who is happens to be running as a Republican, whether it's Myra Flores in South Texas, whether it's Herschel Walker in Georgia, Larry Elder in California, anywhere, Winsome Sears in, in Virginia, as I mentioned, it's automatically just because that they are the black and brown faces of racism, mm-hmm. of white supremacy. It's a sickness, man. Well, look at Clarence Thomas. Oh, He's absolutely. on the Supreme Court. He's a Supreme Court justice. And you take shot. You, you called him Uncle Tom. I mean, you call the guy names because of he doesn't agree with everything you say. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Meanwhile, on a lighter note, uh, yeah, somebody yeah. who was uh, trying to fly into Australia has now been fined about $2,000 by the Australian government for failing to declare two egg and beef sausage McMuffins in their lug- <laughs> luggage. Did you hear about this? So the, this, this traveler I, no. <laughs> had uh, arrived at Darwin Airport from Bali, uh, and a detector dog named Zinta sniffed out the passenger's backpack. So, of course the authorities get involved there's drugs there's a bomb whatever right no it was uh it was mcmuffins there was a ham croissant in there that had been purchased at mcdonald's in bali now they got slapped with a twenty six hundred dollar infringement notice that's about eighteen hundred dollars u.s wow uh for failing to declare potential high biosecurity risk items and providing a false and misleading document apparently they had to declare that they were bringing this meat in there uh this has to do with new biosecurity rules after foot and mouth disease was found in Indonesia and then it spread to Bali. They can't they, bring. They meat. argued that this may not even be real meat. We don't right, know. Right? I mean, dude, come on. <laughs> I don't know what that we, is. Yeah. We all know the beef at McDonald's is is like ninety eight percent sphincter, I mean, like uh, a I mean, piece of plastic dipped into au jus. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> what this is. Yeah, meat should not bounce like that. <laughs> right, exactly, like right. <laughs> but yeah, apparently, apparently they are really cracking down on that wow, stuff. So this person's going to have to pay this massive fine because they couldn't eat on the plane or something. Oh, man. man crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming up, uh, more officials are declaring a monkeypox emergency, and New York Uh-oh. City stores are locking up spam. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Uh, well, uh, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City has declared monkeypox, uh, well, a monkeypox state of emergency, as has the governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker. More and more leaders are saying, hey, this is a serious problem. And I just wonder how much of this is about getting more federal cash. Well, all of it, probably. A lot of states really got bailed out by the influx of federal cash during the coronavirus. So instead of telling dudes to stop going to bathhouses and orgies, Mm -hmm. uh, they're just saying, hey, this is a state of emergency. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sweet, sweet cash. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And in this... And I, you know, you keep hearing this conversation of, you know, you don't want to stigmatize uh, anybody, especially gay men or whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know. I just I, I see that as pretty insulting to a whole lot of people, including the vast majority of gay men who don't go to sex parties and bathhouses. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're just sort of reigniting a really old stereotype. That's saying like gay men well, have no choice but to go to the orgies and the bathhouses. Well, that's not true. There's a particular group of people that are susceptible to a communicable disease. Generally right. speaking, you alert the public. You need to alert them in particular yes. that this is a possibility. So eliminated that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's stigmatizing. Well, we're you know if in fact they are here to protect people, then you would have to sound the alarm in that neighborhood, in yeah. that territory. Well, well, the other thing is, is I'm sorry, but they shut down schools and churches exactly and, and you know restaurants they, they were br- sending yeah. the cops to outdoor church services in california yes. they were telling people on the beach hey you gotta go they were <laughs> they, they were cuffing people for being on the beach alone because mm-hmm. of covid yeah right. i'm sorry it's not unreasonable to tell dudes to stop you know knock it off just knock yeah. it off for a couple months and it'll be fine yeah let's wait you till know, this thing crests or we your, can buy it your rooster won't starve i promise Okay. Or we need to flatten the curve. All right. It's just two weeks to get to F- Fauci in on this. Yeah. The spread. He knows. He knows the drill. He's done it. But no, instead, we're going to have emergency declarations because hopefully, the you know, what they're hoping for is the Biden administration sends a lot of money their way. They'll probably get it. And so once again, you're seeing government uh, uh, government officials not actually looking out for the health and safety of anybody, because like you said, if it is a disease that is primarily yeah. affecting this particular community, then you Which should be targeting is. them and yeah. you should be telling them for their own health and safety. Yeah, that's not ostracizing. That's just telling the truth. Hey, yeah. here's a, you know, just the same way they do with the elderly with, with COVID. Right. Or the flu. Look, if, yeah, right. <laughs> right. If you're over the age of X this, then yeah, and you've got underlying health conditions, sure. Yeah. People then go, that's ageist. Right. 
Don't be telling old people that they're going to die, you know. <laughs> right. How uh, dare you do that? How dare you? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, drug stores in parts of New York City are on high alert now because of a bunch of shoplifting, uh, and they've had increased security. I don't know if you've seen the photos from, like, corner stores and pharmacies where they've got spam, tins of spam, in those uh, anti-theft little display cases. Yeah, yeah. Because people are stealing the spam and then selling it online or selling it on the corner, whatever. I saw one the other day where, like, all of the canned goods. Yeah. Peas, green beans, everything. It was like you were trying to buy cologne. Right. You know, where you got to get somebody with the key to unlock it and get it for you, you know, because people were stealing it. Yeah. This is what happens when you don't now prosecute crime. Now green beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because people realize there's very little downside if you want to go in and steal a hefty bag full of whatever. Right. They'll say knock it off, and that's the end of that. Yeah. Then it hurts everybody. That's why you need law and order, period. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. This is Jack Riccardi celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He is accompanying House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan. Yeah, he's part of the contingency. Yeah, well, he's he's actually just holding up her back flaps. <laughs> there you go. No, no, he's he's just taking a couple of days off. That's it. Have He'll you be seen back the meme Thursday. where there's two jets in the air and one says Smirnoff on and the other one says Pelosi? <laughs> Pelosi's plane, and she, they're following the Smirnoff one. That's pretty good. I saw one that said, uh, I didn't say I was going to Taiwan. I said I was going to Taiwan on. <laughs> now, that's right. They're on the T. I missed that completely. <laughs> right. So, she, uh, yeah, she landed in Taiwan. Uh, China is uh, throwing a fit about it. And, well, what? I, of course Anybody they... keeping track of her husband while she's gone, too? He has a tendency to... To go out with the boys a little bit too much when Mama's yeah. not home, well, and then he gets himself into trouble. I don't think it's with the boys. I think it's probably with the mistresses. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. Well, he was actually driving the uh, the Smirnoff plane. <laughs> That's what he was doing. Well, yeah, I figured he's like in some bowling league or something. And, you know. <laughs> Maybe like the after parties at my place because nobody's there. Right, yeah. <laughs> nobody's there. <laughs> Grandma's out of town. So <laughs> right, yeah. Let's go party. Tie one on here. Yep. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, the U.S. took out the leader of al-Qaeda, who was hiding in Afghanistan, and Joe Biden says this proves we won't allow Afghanistan to be a hotbed of terrorism, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, but uh, okay, here, here is uh, the president uh, speaking last night. Now we have eliminated the emir of al-Qaeda. He will what? never again, never again allow Afghanistan to become a terrorist safe haven because he is gone and we're going to make sure that nothing else happens. You know, it can't be a launching pad against the United States. We're going to see to it that won't happen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that does not... Listen, I'm glad that this guy is burning in hell with Osama bin Laden, but... Oh, me too. Yeah. But 
I mean, the fact that this guy was so easily or e- could so easily make his way into the capital city, into Kabul, um, and was just hanging out there for months, kind of shows that uh, yeah, Afghanistan is is going to be if it isn't already a hotbed of terrorism. And yes, you are going to have organizations come up and try to launch strikes against the United States or against our allies or against our interests uh, from Afghanistan. Because the Taliban, which was supposed to keep a lid on all of this stuff, well, obviously didn't if the guy's hanging out in an apartment in Kabul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I, I don't want to undersell the significance of turning this guy into Hormel Chili, but... That's what they did. Did you see the, uh, the the diagram of the missile that they used? No. It's a it's a Hellfire missile, but it doesn't have explosive. It doesn't have a warhead on it. What it has, it has spikes that come out. It has blades that pop out at the last minute and spin around. <laughs> so it just chops you up. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't know that until yeah, right now. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't go boom. The whole idea is to try to prevent collateral damage after all joe biden is also the president who vaporized a bunch of kids in afghanistan during the uh botched withdrawal from that nation uh but yeah this this type is just a missile launched by a drone that comes in and at the very last minute uh spikes come out it spins around and it's a it's a flying no explosion Uh, supposedly no there is no no big explosion it's not a wow it's so you're sliced and diced by this right it's a it's a yes exactly holy smokes basically yeah you know we say this so casually too a straw is hit by a drone on his balcony yeah i mean how incredible is that the precision oh yeah of of a drone strike that somebody with you know the that was really good at video games who's now in charge of all this right (laughs) right it guides this thing, I don't know how far, and it hits this guy on his balcony. Yeah, that's incredible. Guys, just out there having a, having a cup of coffee or whatever. Yeah, and, reading and the uh, <laughs> all of a sudden it's like reading the Taliban Times. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a fan of the Taliban Daily News, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> got like a Marlboro in his hand. <laughs> he's just sitting there yeah. like, okay, right. death to yeah. America, death to America. <laughs> Do I hear a blender? that's incredible yeah it is i mean when you really to wrap your head around something like that is is amazing i mean Mm -hmm. warfare is so different gosh dang (laughs) yeah so we'll we'll be and uh, you don't see it coming you can't duck you don't even it's it's on you before you know it you can duck i I don't think it would do a lot of good (laughs) no if you you tried to because those blades are quite long gosh dang so yeah they put them in a blender Mm-hmm. Um, and he is burning in hell with Osama bin Laden now. Oh, so yeah, good yeah. riddance, good riddance. Uh, meanwhile, Democrats are going to try to move forward with the Inflation Reduction Act, which wouldn't reduce inflation but would raise taxes on basically everybody in the country, yeah. even though Biden has pledged time and time again, we're not raising taxes for anyone making less than $400,000 a year. Yeah, except you are. We it, knew it. Everybody well, knew everybody it. Everybody knew it. I mean, you're raising yeah. taxes for people making ten grand a year. Yep. How do you defend Millions that? of people are going to have their taxes raised, yes. Yes, during a recession, which generally, every I think this is one of the reasons why they're so desperate to try to change the definition of the term recession, because they don't uh-huh. want to be on the record saying we're raising taxes in a recession. See, we're, we're raising taxes in a transition. That's what we want to do. 
But well, and uh, with the excess dollars they'll have with this, <laughs> right? Like, they're going to hire more IRS agents. Oh, of course. No border, no more border patrol. No. By the way, that's no. fine. And our military is fine. Let's get more IRS agents. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough. Right. God. Now man. you say that from a a, a point of oh, bitterness, dude. In in it your never book, ends. in yeah, your yeah. book, there are plenty of IRS agents. There are more than plenty. You, yeah. You've had a few. I'm on a first name basis with. A lot of, <laughs> hey, Bill, how you doing? <laughs> Listen, <What>? man, <laughs> I sold my blood. I don't know what else you want me to do. <laughs> They're come, Bill's coming to your apartment this weekend <laughs> right. to take your kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll take those cats then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Well, anyway, uh, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was pressed on the point that this is going to raise taxes if it's passed. So why is the president supporting it when he said he wouldn't do that? Uh, the, uh, Fox News' Peter Ducey is the one who is asking the questions. Um, and, well, basically, we're not worried about raising taxes is what the White House officially says now. Is President Biden thinking about pulling his support for the Inflation Reduction Act? No. Because he promised it wasn't going to make, it wasn't going to raise taxes on anybody making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year. But the Joint Committee on Taxation says that is not true. Well, that is incorrect. So, the Joint Committee on Taxation, which you guys heralded as a an effective body when you were selling that infrastructure package, is not to be trusted here. I said it is not correct because I will give you why it's not correct because it is incomplete. Yeah, it's incomplete, incomplete because they didn't ask us for our opinion on it. And it's always interesting how whenever there is some organization comes up with a rating on a bill or how much it's going to raise taxes or how much is going to hurt or help inflation, you know, well, this is like the gold standard organization. That's what they used it for with the uh, with the infrastructure mm-hmm. bill. But now it's, well, they're using incomplete data. And what, what she means by that is that they are trying to take into account <clears throat> revenues that they can't really track right now. They're just kind of hoping it works out in the end, which doesn't, again, doesn't make sense. That's not how you're supposed to craft any sort of policy, but too often they do it, uh, and, they, and they expect everyone to just go along with it. But yeah, call it something like the Inflation Reduction Act when it doesn't reduce inflation at all and it actually just raises taxes. I mean, they they just like to lie. That's that's all there is to it. Wow. Uh, Meanwhile, some good news here. Over the weekend, four dudes, I know it doesn't start out sounding like good news, uh, four dudes tried to rob a liquor store in Norco, California. Well, the 80-year-old man who runs the place, he shot one of them. All right. And ran off. The surveillance footage and audio, to me, I think this is hilarious because it's bad guys getting what's coming to them. Okay, one guy walks in, he's got a rifle up, pointed at the clerk, at the the guy, I guess he owns the store, a convenience store. Mm -hmm. Uh, Old man pulls his gun out from behind the counter and boom, immediately fires. So uh, here's here's part of this audio. I just want to give everybody a heads up, just in case you're in the car going 70 miles an hour down the freeway. There's uh, there you're going to hear a gunshot. Uh, okay. Here through this uh, somewhat grainy audio, but here, here's here's that moment. Right. 
So this Billy badass, you know, who's going to go in and rob this old yeah. man at the liquor store. Yeah. Reach out my arm, Bobby. Which, granted, I think most of us would do that if someone got if someone well, shot sure. you. Okay, you, yeah. you'd, you'd be well, crying yeah. a little bit. That would not. That's not a positive development in your life to get shot. No. Now, Los Angeles's uh, Fox affiliate went to Norco and talked to some of the customers, and a bunch of the customers mm-hmm. just started showing up because it's a relatively small community, and they all heard what happened, and they want to show support for this dude. Absolutely, who yeah. blew away one of these guys trying to trying to rob his store. Uh, here, I, I just I love the reaction from the community here. Guess he gets what he deserves. So. Peace is done. The criminals are in control of everything right now, and the fact that he they turned around and showed him what for, I think it's amazing. More businesses should be armed like that and defend their businesses like that. You know, I'm not for gun violence, but uh, it, he wasn't the one getting. He wasn't the one doing the violence. The people that came in were the ones doing the violence. And that's what we need to understand in our society. When people are doing violence against us, we have the right to protect ourselves. I've seen him a couple of times while I've been here, and honestly, I can kind of expect that from him. He seems like a pretty bad old man. (laughs) There you go. That's great. In troubled times, buy guns, buy ammo, and learn how to use them. Right? (laughs) One of the uh, assailants has been known only as Lefty now. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Hey there, it's Lars Larson. Glad to celebrate 100 years of service on News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thanks for being here with us. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently we need, we need to cancel student loan debt because of monkeypox. That's, this is the weirdest connection so, story I've read in a while. I don't know where the, Jerry Nadler's nuts. Yeah, uh, Representative Jerry Nadler. Then, uh, mm, we, mm, we right. We call him Captain Nads my, on this program. Yeah, yeah. my pants are uh, my <laughs> waistbands around my neck. Remember that one time I pooped myself and yeah, had I to waddle that. away. <laughs> yeah, but I waddle anyway. <laughs> now uh, he wrote on Twitter. With student loan repayments set to resume on August 31st and COVID-19 and monkeypox cases on the rise, I once again request that POTUS extends the payment pause and issues an executive order to cancel student debt. Yeah, explain the connection between monkeypox and student loan debt. I, I, I can't. That one is a tough one for me. A bunch of dudes going to bathhouses because they need to cope with the high payment of student loan debt. I'm not... Yeah, I don't know, because we are not going to be locking down the country over monkeypox. We're not going to be locking down the country over COVID again. Yeah. That's not happening. Not widespread, at least. So I guess the, the justification would be, well, there are going to be people who have to be out of the workforce or whatever. They're going to have to take time out of work so they can't afford to make their college payments. Uh, right. Again, if you're right. prioritizing promiscuous sex over your financial obligations, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Because that's primarily who's getting monkeypox. I just thought of all the weird connections, though, to student loan repayment. Yeah. 
I don't know. That I, one was bizarro world. I think what will probably happen with the student loan debt thing, I think that uh, Joe Biden's probably going to kick the can down the road again. He's probably going to extend the moratorium on repaying those loans. God, I mean, when's the party end, though? It has to end sometime, well, right? I think I think the goal will eventually be maybe not like full cancellation, maybe not up to $50,000, but probably something in the ten dollars to $20,000 range um, for those federally backed loans. I'm guessing that there will be something on that in October. So I think, you know, you, you say, okay, I'm, he, maybe Joe Biden will come out and say something like this. At the end of this month, he'll say, I'm extending it for one more month, and that's it. So Congress, you've got 30 days or whatever to, to come up with a plan. Well, uh, there is no plan. The plan is you start repaying it. Well, no, but they, they think that this is a real political winner for them. They really do. So I think in October, you know, right ahead of the midterms, yeah. Uh, they're going to try to do something, either pass it through Congress or, oh, these evil Republicans don't want you to have to, I don't know, meet your financial obligations. Um, but if we don't have student loan debt, will they pay something else off for us? No. Okay. See, that sucks. No. Okay. No. I'm so hoping. No, but I'm guessing that politically that's what they want to do. They want to, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to get it through September. Uh, and then if Congress can't come to an agreement, Joe Biden's going to cancel or try to cancel ten to $15,000 worth of the debt. That'll help Democrats in the elections. They think, I think it'll have the opposite effect personally. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about that? You had student loan debt you paid off. Oh, I didn't have any debt coming out of college. Right, because so, you paid it all why, as you That's went. why it took me, yeah, six years to, to get a bachelor's degree. Right. But, um, I mean, how, how do you – I mean, personally, you would be affected by this. I mean, yeah. you did the right thing. You did what res, was fiscally well, responsible. To, to me, I, I do think uh, a couple of things. One, if you are going to forgive it, if you say that it's an investment that needs to be forgiven, this loan needs to be forgiven because the investment didn't pay off, then what you are saying is that those college degrees are worthless. You're saying they are not worth the investment. And basically what you're saying is that that degree you got – uh, was an act of fraud. So I'm okay with the uh, the basic idea of saying we're going to forgive the loans, not through taxpayer dollars, but through these endowments of these universities. Because the idea that you have to have some external help to pay off something that you were told as an 18-year-old would pay for itself eventually, uh, the idea that you can't meet those financial obligations. Clearly, you were scammed, and clearly, universities are providing a product that's not worth the investment you put into it. So you were defrauded as an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's an industry that defrauds, actively defrauds 18-year-olds into signing up for tens of, thousand dollars, th- tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt they'll never be able to pay off. So if you say, okay, we're going to raid the endowments, the billion-dollar endowments that a lot of these universities have, uh, then I'm all for it. But I also think if you're going to have taxpayer dollars uh, going towards it, you have got to essentially defund every state university and any other federal program going to private universities because clearly you are partaking in massive fraud against young people in America. But they're not going to do that because they're shills and they think they're just going to go out and buy votes. And quite frankly, again, the jumping off point for any discussion is they're horrible human beings. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Uh, biggest story of the day. I mean, we got a few different things going on yeah. uh, right now. You got Nancy Pelosi, uh, <laughs> Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan. Uh, the U.S. government turned the leader of Al Qaeda into mincemeat. Yes, they did. Uh, so that's that's good, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you've got the economy. I mean, of course, 
how are people feeling about the economy? Will this, how much will this affect the elections? How bad is it going to get? Is there any light at the end of the tunnel? You know, we're hearing some people uh, try to say that things are getting better just because, well, <laughs> because gas is not quite as historically high as it used to be. Uh, so we'll get to that. There's a whole lot more, including what Jake oh, Sullivan, yeah. that dork, had to say about the Al-Qaeda leader next. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. This is Joe Reinagle celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Well, the U.S. took out the leader of Al-Qaeda, who was hiding out in Afghanistan. Again, that's something we were told probably wouldn't happen, but here we are. We know that the Biden, administra- the Biden administration lied constantly during the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, Ayman al-Zawari, uh, who was reportedly dead two years ago, I guess, he wasn't after all. He was taken out in Kabul. Uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was on the Today Show this morning and asked if the fact that he was able to be in downtown Kabul shows that Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan was a bigger failure than we already knew it was. Because remember, the, the, yeah, the Taliban, oh yeah. this was a new Taliban. And they wanted legitimacy on the world stage, and they weren't going to let al-Qaeda take root. No, no, no. No. But here you got the number one guy who... Just a few months after the withdrawal of Afghanistan, when, when did he show up uh, in Afghanistan? Was like February or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he's been there a while. Yeah, yeah. He, he showed so he up put there. Put the deposit down on his apartment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it was tough. In. Yeah, cable got cable installed. Yeah, he was good to go. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a little touch mm-hmm. and go. He had some issues yeah. with his Zillow broker, but you know. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. It happened. No, I think he went with Redfin. Sorry. Yeah, everything everything yeah. got cleared up though. Yeah, everything, everything got, got cleared up. up. He gets this nice yeah. little apartment, and then they send a. Hellfire missile that's equipped not with explosives but with <laughs> with blades. Yeah, it's like a flying blender. Yeah, it takes him out on the balcony. That's that's yeah. what we're told. Uh, anyway, Jake Sullivan asked again, um, "Hey, if this guy is in Kabul, then obviously what you were expecting, what you told us to expect, didn't really pan out because clearly Al Qaeda does have a footprint in Afghanistan." Here's what Jake Sullivan had to say. Well, I think it's strange to call it a safe harbor when we just took out the leader of al-Qaeda sitting on his balcony in Kabul. So, no, it does not signal that to me. Well, I think it actually does signal it, because if you took him out while he was sitting on his balcony, then obviously he felt pretty good Mm -hmm. about being there. felt pretty safe. And I mean, well, you, yeah, I mean, he's obviously visible, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. He, he went on. Signals to me, Savannah, is that the president has made good on his word when we left. He said the United States did not need to keep sending thousands of American men and women to fight and die in Afghanistan after 20 years of war to keep this country safe. He said we would be able to continue to target and take out terrorists in Afghanistan without troops on the ground. And over this weekend, with this swift and decisive 
decisive action that he ordered, he delivered on that promise. He made good on what he said. And the United States continues to maintain the capacity to hold at risk any terrorist who plots against us from Afghanistan or anywhere else without having thousands of troops on the ground. Right. But that, that's not really the point, though. The point is that we were told this is the new, more modern Taliban that wanted legitimacy on the world mm -hmm. stage. I mean, we sent them sternly worded letters, right? The world is watching. That's right. Uh that, you know, this Taliban wouldn't even think of allowing al-Qaeda to set up shop in Afghanistan, and the host, Savannah Guthrie, followed up on this. Do you believe the Taliban government knew that Ayman's al-Zawahiri was living there, and what will you do, if anything, to hold the Taliban government accountable, if so? We believe that there were senior members of the Haqqani network uh, who are affiliated with the Taliban who did know that Zawahiri was in Kabul. There may have been other members of the Taliban who did not know. Uh, we have already been engaged with the Taliban, and uh, I'm not going to preview any further actions that we will take to ensure that the Taliban lives up to its commitments not to allow any external plotting from Afghanistan, but rest assured the United States will be vigilant on that. Okay. Right. Please. Be vigilant. Be asking. Hey, have you been renting to any Al Qaeda members recently? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no, we haven't. No, no. Just yeah, been it's doing right there on the form, the rental agreement. If it says, "Are you a member of Taliban?" and if you are, we don't rent to you. <laughs> but there's no really no way to verify <laughs> the that. Al Qaeda. Yeah. 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 We got to do. Uh, we we're going to be uh, implementing extensive uh, Al Qaeda background checks now yes. before renting to anybody else. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, what are, what are we gonna do? What do you mean opening what, ongoing conversations? What what are we saying? Right. What? Why well, seriously? What are we saying? Well, yeah. we're gonna cut. We're gonna not be trading partners with them anymore. <laughs> well, well, Scott, you know the world is watching, right? We're gonna right, yeah. We're gonna be writing another sternly worded letter. You got to stop renting apartments and cobble to uh, terrorists, right? They, and they don't need any further military equipment. We it's all there. Yeah, we we gave we them left to them. it yeah, there. We yeah, just we, gave it to yeah. them. Yeah, it's there. After they also said that the Taliban wouldn't take over, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, again, it's like, hey, look, I'm glad if this guy is uh, well all over the place and and dead, I'm okay with that. I'm good. I'm I'm fine with that too. But at the same time, I think this is not necessarily the big win that the Biden administration wants well, it to be. I mean, granted, it's it's a revenge factor for 9-11. I get it. You wanted to take yeah. care of those guys that masterminded and plotted it that killed Americans. But at the end of the day, what is this? Who Does this matter at all? About anything? No, I mean, it's a symbolic thing, I guess. That's right. I it's mean, a that's, symbolic that's really, thing. Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, do I want this guy alive? No, I want him dead. Yes. But I mean, really, when you look at the, the, the way it's working out, and the Afghanistan withdrawal and everything that still exists and remains there, it still exists and remains there. Yeah. There's still bloodthirsty murderers. I mean, what what are we talking about here? Yeah. yeah me and, and he's doing the end zone dance. Biden is. Well, of course he is, yeah. Trying to, at least. Here 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 here's something that we did right, is what they want to say. Right. Well, we'll have to see what, what comes out of this and what the reaction is to that and what sternly worded letters we're going to write to the Taliban. Dear right. Taliban, we are Please. very disappointed that al-Qaeda was there. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, meanwhile, announced the feds are going to be spending about a billion dollars to prevent climate change because a billion dollars is how you control the weather. Um, she spun it in a way that only oh, she is capable of.
Oh, daddy I mean, when you really want to get to the heart of a topic and you need somebody to give you a clear, concise message, there is one person you go to, and that is Kamala Harris. Pull up a chair, everybody. It's story <laughs> here, time. Here we go. Yeah. I know that while we send our prayers and our love, we also, with each day, renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together, to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Boy. Yes. Who writes this drivel? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, or do you think? Do you think it's just the writing or the execution of the writing? I think or it's both. Because if you're a speech writer, it's similar. And I just have experience in this. It's similar to being a script writer, like uh-huh. for for news, whatever. That's my personal area of 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 knowledge. When you're writing. A script for someone else you've got to know what their pitfalls are and you have to write very clearly and concisely what the message is supposed to be okay keeping that in mind what okay. you just said and yeah. i agree with you this is like the 50th time this has happened right <laughs> well now you would think they'd get the hang of it after a while no and understand her cadence and enunciation no l- listen you can have complicated sentences in a speech okay you can try to do that but the person delivering the speech has to be able to handle it and know where the emphasis is supposed to be in any particular phrase. And Kamala Harris completely lacks that skill. None. To where, I mean, she sounds like you typed in a speech into Google Translate and it comes out however it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's, there's no inflection, there's nothing, there's awkward pauses, all of this to the point where if you were to read the transcript of what she just said, it would make a lot more sense than if you hear her deliver the line. So maybe there is a fail. I mean, there's a failure here on the coach and the player being coached. Yeah. At this point. But everything sounds like she's reading to a first grade class, too. <laughs> the methodical right. story. You know, it's just this weird. She's just, you know, to be a politician, there's a skill set that's required to be a successful politician. Yeah. You got to be able to talk and lie at the same time. Yeah. You know, and, and do it convincingly, right? Yeah. There's no skill set for anything here. No, but, well, I, I don't know if that's true because I'll let the cat out of the bag here. Uh, something that I'm planning for 2023 is I want to I wanna make a, a, a calendar featuring quotes from Kamala Harris, and it's right. the series yeah. is called Inspirational <laughs> Quotes for Stupid People, featuring the wise words of Kamala Harris. Oh, gosh, can we do that for next year? I mean, serious, we got enough material right now, don't oh, we? Absolutely. Her talking about halfway the, through the year. The Heck, moon man. and the stars. Oh, and, yes. Yeah, I mean, she's got she's got a lot. Holy I mean, there's a, cow. There, there's a lot to work with there, a lot of material. Right. It may have to be just an inspirational quote a day. Well, it could be. Like those little desk calendars, you peel it off like the Dilbert ones, you know, and there's a, there's a new one every day. But to truly celebrate the cadence of the way yeah. she speaks, okay, yes. it's going to have to be half the quote is like Monday, the other half of the quote is Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. And then so 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 you're like left in suspense. How's this sentence going to finish, okay? I don't see any way you can wrap this one up. You, yeah. you have no idea how she's going to try to Holy stick the cow. landing, right? And the, the reality is she really doesn't. And the thing is... They let her go. They they put her out there. Well, yeah. 
You have two people in this country, the two with the two biggest jobs in the country. Neither one of them are capable of putting any coherent sentences together. Yeah, pretty remarkable. That's a low mark, man. <laughs> just just speak English. That's okay. it. That's all you have to be able to do. Yes. And they, they can't really pull that off. But, Golly. you know, such is life right now. Uh, Grandiose did you see- notion that she's going to be on Mount Rushmore someday, I oh, think. Yeah. And her quotes are going to live forever on mm-hmm. T-shirts. Or, you know, I mean, come on. Right. Uh, meanwhile, did you see, this is in entertainment news, uh, Beyonce. She's got a new album out. A lot of people like it. A lot of people think it's a it's a great album. It's a tour de force, right? Yeah, right. It, it's not for me. Uh, not but, for me you know, if you like it, yeah. you like it. Yeah. Uh, but she's had to swap out some lyrics on her new album, though, because some fans were uh, offended. On the song Uh-oh. Heated, she used the word spaz. Oh. I didn't know that spaz was supposed to be, what they call it is an ableist slur, because it supposedly is going after people with spastic cerebral palsy. Hmm. No, that, I didn't know th- that. That's not how anyone uses it. But no, yeah, not, I, did, I, did, I was not aware of that. She no. got in trouble for it after Lizzo, another pop star, came under fire for using that same term a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. They both agreed to change out that lyric. I, I don't know. You look at the lyrical content of some of those songs that they sing, and I think Spaz is the least problematic of all of them. So did she re-record it? I, I guess you just have to re-record one line, right? Because in this yeah. one, she says, uh, spazzing on that butt. Spaz on that butt. Great. That's brilliant. That's a, I, well, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's why she's the queen, right? But you can't say the word spaz. Though. So now, is so the, co- is the copies that are currently available, do they include that word? And now they won't include that word anymore? So do we have a collector's item on our hands here? Um, I don't think so because okay. i don't think anything is so she's not going to re-record it in other words no okay. i don't think she's not going to take re-record. the word out edited copies moving forward well because okay. because people buy it online now yeah so that's true. it's easy to just swap them out that's what happened to all my uh foreigner songs it was the original when i downloaded it and then they have the new singer that that went on there i hate it when they do that yeah when the re-records are out there right. gosh dang it <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. All right, uh, coming up, we got a news update. Uh, well, a guy in Texas got the longest capital riot sentence to date. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to my hometown of San Antonio and South Texas. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott <laughs> Robbins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, dude from uh, oh, Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Need to mention that. Uh, a dude from Texas has gotten the longest sentence connected to the Capitol riot, and he wasn't even rioting inside the Capitol. I read this. This really does just Holy more cow. and more and more. This is this is politically motivated prosecutions. The, mm-hmm. the, that's what a lot of these cases come down to. Um, and I'm not here going to bat for this dude. Guy Refit is his name. Uh, he's a member of a militia, and he's been given more than seven years in prison. Now, 
he did say his fellow militia members or told his fellow militia members that he wanted to drag Nancy Pelosi out of the Capitol by her ankles and have her head hit every step on the way down. Mm-hmm. Unseemly, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But he never went into the Capitol. He had a gun. It was holstered. He never drew it. He yelled at a cop, but never physically assaulted a cop. But seven years in prison now, in addition Jeez. to the time he's already been held in jail. Whoa, man. I mean, that that is just wild yeah. to me. Wow. And you, you look back at the mostly peaceful riots, and there were some prosecutions, but dang, man, I mean... In a lot of cases, I mean, hell, you had the future vice president of the United States raising money to get rioters out of jail. Oh, yeah. And in this case, this guy shows up, says unseemly things. And again, I'm not defending anything he did on that day. And I generally think, yeah, you show up on the Capitol complex and you're talking about threatening to kidnap or whatever a public official and you've got a gun when you're not supposed to have a gun in that area. Yeah, you're going to you're going to go to jail. But seven years. Mm hmm. Wow. That's that's insane. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, considering where a lot of these sentences are now anyway. Right. You know, so I mean, that's it's 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 kind of wild to me. And really what what is happening is a lot of the folks that were talking about criminal justice reform mm-hmm. are exposing themselves for not talking about any of this. I'm I'm including, you know, the QAnon shaman guy who was in solitary confinement for months. I mean, all these people who talk about how we need to let criminals out of prison or whatever are just fine with with these folks because they're on the wrong political side. Just fine with these folks being locked away in prison, waiting for months before a trial. And then in this case, getting seven years in prison without ever even actually going into the Capitol. And then you're supposed to be, what, a conspiracy theorist when you wonder, wait, why wasn't Ray Epps ever prosecuted? Where is he? <laughs> like this guy, he does this glowing profile in the New York Times that we're all supposed to just be like, well, I guess that clears that up. Yeah. Mm. No, it seems like there is a there, there really is some high motivation for the Justice Department to punish people that it sees as a political threat to the system. Not about justice. It's about wow. a threat. That's what it is. Seven years. That's a long time, especially wow. if you didn't assault anybody. Man. Man. All right, so that that's where we are on that front, and we'll be following that story and so much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robin. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Well, I, I love this. Uh, the White House thinks you owe them a thank you now that gas prices are a no, mere $2 no, a gallon no, higher. No, 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 no. Than they were when Joe Biden took office. Yeah, well, well why, aren't you, why aren't you so grateful? 
You don't give people a pat on the back for gas prices being $2 more a gallon than they were, what, 12 months ago? Yeah, well, no. a little more than that, but yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. You get no pat on the back. You get no end zone spike. Well, I kind of thought this might happen, though. Oh, yeah. I well, honestly did. I thought, well, this this could, in fact, be a thing, right? Oh, remember last fall when congressional Democrats put out that joke of a graph? So, like, the yes. y-axis, the up and down axis of this was, it was like the span of four cents. Yeah. But they framed it to where it looked like there was this plummeting uh, chart of how gas prices have fallen off a cliff when it was really like three or four cents or something like that mm-hmm. over the course of a, of a yeah. week. Um, and now that gas prices have cooled off from where they were in record highs, it's still relatively bad, but they want a pat on the back for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, he does. Yeah. Well, Jean Claude Pierre Van Damme Mellencamp had. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the press secretary for the White House, yeah. Karine Jean Pierre saying, hey, look, gas prices are falling at the fastest rate they have in over a decade, okay? We have now been falling for almost seven straight weeks. Uh, As of this morning, gas prices have dropped 81 cents per gallon since their peak in June, as you'll see from the chart uh, to my left here. Uh, That means American families who, who, with two cars are saving $80 a month. Uh, drivers can now find gas for $3.99 uh, or less uh, at around half of all gas stations across the country. And average gasoline prices have come below $3.99 in 19 states. Putin's war is still putting pressure on global oil supply, but President Biden is taking historic action to mitigate its impacts. Uh, more work remains, but the fact is that we are currently experiencing the fastest decline in gas prices in over a decade. You hear that? I mean, if you're in Oregon paying on, on average $5.04 a gallon, uh, you should be thankful. If you're in California, you're paying uh, $5.58 a gallon on average. Uh, if you're in Illinois, it's uh, four fifty nine on average per gallon. Mm-hmm. You should be grateful that it's that low now, because mm-hmm. you see, this is this is going to be the new normal if they have their way. Because yeah. the pain oh, is yeah. the point. The idea is to get people to be begging to be off of fossil fuels, even though the world still runs on petroleum. Well, how much money are we throwing at green weenie stuff now on this latest mansion agreed to proposal? Oh, they're talking about uh, close to $400 billion. Yeah, $400 billion. Yeah. So they're not doing that so we can get cheap gas. No, oh, gosh, no. no. Yeah, they're not spending $400 billion to try to resurrect the gas and oil industry. No. No, the, the, the thing is, is that they want the pain to happen because that yeah, accelerates. That accelerates this transition they want. Ethan, I get asked this question all the time, and maybe you can help me with this one, because when we're talking about this green weenie stuff, I mean, the idea is when I get my bill from my, my, my utility provider, and it's double what it was, and granted, we're in the summer months, air conditioning is running, but it wasn't this way last year. It was more expensive, but certainly not where it is now. Yeah. If we're using electricity to power these things, doesn't that pull energy off the grid? Oh, totally. I mean, so yeah. if I'm already paying that... What I'm paying now per month for I've, I've got a uh, one bedroom apartment. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm got a twelve bedroom house. I'm you know using, but I mean I'm paying a couple of hundred bucks a month. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Well, yeah, and, and so what am I? What do I do if I plug the car in overnight? Well, you just deal with it. God, <laughs> see that? that <laughs> How does the, that help me? It doesn't. 
No. I mean, the, the reality is, is that that energy has to come from somewhere. And still, the most efficient way to deliver energy is through the use of fossil fuels. That's yes. just a fact. You, coal. You, you cannot yeah. get around it, whether it's coal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in your personal vehicles, you're talking about gasoline. Yeah. Uh, to heat your homes, you're talking about things like natural gas. Those are mm-hmm. things yeah. that can efficiently and quickly power uh, your lifestyle. And yes. not just our lifestyle. Not we're not just talking about being able to run an air conditioning in the summer, mm-hmm. or an air conditioner in the summer. You're talking about global trade. You're talking about uh, literally the survival hanging of of billions on the planet. Yes, hanging in the balance. And when you're talking about uh, what they want to do, which is this rapid transition before we're ready for it to this renewable energy thing. What they are actually advocating for is millions of people starving to death because Golly. you have to have fossil fuel pr- fueled energy in order to feed the world's population. That's a fact. And they're just acting like they're act what what they always act like. And I want to get to this clip. It's Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary. Yeah. And what yeah. what she and her ilk act like is. We're ready to hit the ground running. We're ready to go all whatever electric. Yes. We're ready to go all solar power, all windmills. And it's just these stupid Republicans and, and these oil and gas uh, company uh, greedy so-and-sos who want to stop us from doing it. It's not true, but that's, that's the impression they're constantly giving. This is Jennifer Granholm this morning. Uh, on CNN saying, hey, you know, really what this whole thing has proven to us is that we can't rely on fossil fuels. No. The president tried to increase supply all at the same time as accelerating our movement to clean energy, which is why, I mean, this this whole circumstance is really a foot stomp on why we can't rely on the volatility of fossil fuels. Want- no, we have to, though. That That's called reality there. That yes. you, you have to rely on it. Yes, uh, yes, energy is going to be volatile uh and that goes for every form of energy production and consumption is that you have peak demand you have a limited supply it doesn't matter where that energy is coming from and the reality is right now there is no better substitute if you want to keep the standard of living at the global level where it is right now there is no better substitute for fossil fuels but it just doesn't exist i mean we can talk about uh, power nuclear power plants, which uh, seem to be a really great option and stepping stone towards the future. But a lot of these green weenie types don't want that either because they no, think that no. every nuclear power plant is Chernobyl. Right. Which they're, it's not. they're part of that whole new nukes, no nukes generation, which. Right. And now these people are in power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so and so, again, the pain is the point at this at, at this juncture. They want you to be paying. They want you to get ready and get used to the idea of four dollars a gallon being a good thing but it's not a good thing and we shouldn't accept it and so while while joe biden's out there saying we're going to be you know hey look we're not getting in the way of the fossil fuel industry they absolutely are they're lying to you about it because they want you to make it think like oh they want you to think that these oil and gas companies are just driven purely by greed and they're they're the ones who are making gas prices high I mean, when he even goes after time and time again, the small business owner who runs a gas station for gas prices being so high, yeah, it's truly guy. pathetic mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're doing this. And they don't want to confront reality, so they just lie to people about it all the time. 
and say, well, we can't rely on fossil fuels, so that's why we got to go to solar and wind. You know, if you really want to go after people that are hosing you at the gas station, go after the fountain drink lobby. <laughs> right. What those cats are making on that. Holy right. smokes. Meanwhile, you had mentioned this big green weenie giveaway that, that yeah. the Democrats are pushing. Joe Manchin, now a senator, Democratic senator out of West Virginia, is on board with this, and it includes a $400 billion investment in renewable energy. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, speaking to Bloomberg, Democratic Senator Michael Bennett talked about whether or not this bill was going to be passed. And the way he phrased it, you, you know, you, you, you'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know if you can here. The way he phrased it made it seem like, well, I'm not making any moves here because, uh, uh, you know, I'm not. Basically, he's admitting to insider trading. I'll just oh, cut boy. to the chase here. That's what mm -hmm. it sounds like, at least. Here's Senator Michael Bennett. In my 14 years here, nothing has surprised me more to the upside in our politics than Joe Manchin coming back on the reconciliation package and getting a deal struck. So I feel good about it. I feel optimistic about it. I'm not buying or selling any stocks based on it because we don't know what, where Senator Sinema is going to be. We don't know where, where Kirsten Cinema is going to be, so I'm not going to do any insider trading for the time being. <laughs> That's what it sounded like you said. Yeah. yeah, I agree. They're all crooks and bad people, man. Yeah. Golly. I've decided I'm not going to violate federal law for a while. It's really yeah. going to keep me in, in I, check. Here. I need to hear yeah. from uh, Kirsten Cinema before I... Yeah, before I violate federal law. Before yeah. I go full-on Martha Stewart here. Golly. Right? We're, yeah, we're just going to have kidding. to wait and see. Uh, meanwhile, the Justice Department is suing one state over abortion restrictions. And the question is, what's the point of having a Supreme Court uh, hand down a decision if you're just going to ignore it? We'll get to that and that answer next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. He's fine, by the way. He Someone said, "Hey, is Markley okay?" I'm yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah, fine. he's fine. He just yeah. had a couple of things that he had to stack up basically every other week. Yep. Uh, to try to get in some vacation time, some family yeah. stuff. You know, he's yep. physically he's fine. good though. He's good. Yeah. Not health, not health related. At yeah, all. no, not at all. So I almost feel bad bringing this up without him here, because I know one of his favorites in the political realm is the Attorney General Merrick Garland. You know, the very, he does a better impression than I do on, on that part. Merrick Garland. Uh, strong man. Just announced today that the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against the state of Idaho, because Idaho has a near-total abortion ban. Uh, it's a six-week ban, or after mm -hmm. six weeks. Can't do right. it. Can't have, can't have an abortion. Not legal. Um, and this is the first litigation to protect, as, as it's phrased by them, to protect abortion access since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. So you knew we were going to see a cascade of lawsuits going back and forth as, as states kind of work out what they can and cannot do. And what the Justice Department is arguing is that this violates federal law because if an abortion is necessary to save the life of a mother after six weeks, then that's in violation of federal law, that you have to require that sort of health care 
is how they're how they're framing it. Sure, it's going to be an interesting court battle, though, because well, I mean, states are able to regulate this, um, are able to regulate abortion, and you're going to have to really prove that after six weeks that it is something that would be medically necessary for somebody to have. Uh, but anyway, the question to Merrick Garland today was, what's the point in having a Supreme Court if you're just going to kind of go around it to try to reestablish some sort of uh, uh, federal uh, edict mm-hmm. with abortion from the Justice Department? What's the point of the Supreme Court if DOJ is going to go around and, and, and do these kinds of things? Will there be other states like this? You think? I'm not sure what you mean by what's the point of the Supreme well, I mean, Court. What, um, I, can, I could give you a dis- long discussion on yeah, the point of the Supreme Court. But, yeah. but if, if DOJ is going to go around but the Supreme Court... The, and this is not in any way going around the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said that each state can make its own decisions with respect to abortion, but so too can the federal government. No, it is kind of going around the Supreme Court. I mean, you're, oh, sure. you're looking to pick fights to try to reestablish a precedent that, you, you know, that you're mad is no longer law of the land that's the goal of this that's the that once again i mean the the fight when it comes to regulation of abortion at the federal level is is no longer and hasn't been for quite some time uh considered something that congress can do congress can they absolutely can Mm -hmm. if they wanted to and whether that is a ban on abortion or uh or saying that abortion is legal up to nine months on demand for any reason at any time uh, that is up to Congress, but nobody in Congress actually wants to have that fight because that's where it gets ugly, mm-hmm. um, and they're cowards, so they're going to allow this to play out in the court system again. It's like everybody is learning the exact wrong lesson from what just happened with Roe v. Wade. What happened with Roe v. Wade is the Supreme Court said something like this can't be decided by one court ruling. If Congress wants to pass a law, they need to pass a law. They did the same thing with the EPA in the same session, saying if Congress wants to pass a law regulating, uh, what was that, refineries or power yes. plants, mm-hmm. um, the power plants it was, uh, then you know what, you, then Congress needs to pass that law. You can't just allow the EPA to run roughshod over everybody. They, they yeah. are not a legislative branch of government. And uh, if you're not running around it, then why are you, you know, inserting yourself in what's happening in Idaho, no. the federal government? Right. I mean, <laughs> of course you are. Yes. You're dropping the hammer on him from a federal level. Which, by the way, the Supreme Court said no. Again, if people in Idaho want to change it, they can change it. Well, and, and again, the whole goal of this is to, is to get yeah. another case in front of the court to try to establish right. uh, this made-up constitutional right to have an abortion. Yeah, which was never there to begin with. But yeah. hey. Yeah. But you've had chances for years to codify it if you wanted to do that. Yeah. And again, you still do. I mean, they, you can still do that. And they never did. And as we've talked no. about uh, till we've gone horse, the reason why they don't want to do it is because you don't want to actually have the third trimester discussion. Right. You don't want to have that. Democrats that's, don't want to have it. That's where things break bad in your mm-hmm. polling. Oh, yeah. I mean. I, I think if you were serious about trying to protect, because they always throw out, you know, health of the mother, rape, incest, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, which are still pretty rare, even by the by, yeah. b- like a, as a reason for an abortion. If you were serious about protecting those scenarios, then what you would do is you would adopt the Mississippi abortion ban that that got us to this point in the first place, because that's mm-hmm. at 15 weeks. In terms of what is consensus on abortion in America amongst the American people, uh, ban after 15 weeks is a okay with most people. Yeah. It's really not particularly close. 
So, I mean, the all or nothing thing, though, there, if, if there were carve-outs involved, then I think you could get an agreement yeah. for the majority of Americans. But they yes. don't want to because they, no, they, they don't, don't want to have that. the conversation no. about all nine months. They don't, they don't want all. that, and they want to fundraise off of it, quite frankly. Nope. Yep. That's the same reason why. I mean, the question keeps getting asked over and over again, and no Democrat has a good answer for it. You had a supermajority with Barack Obama's first two years of his first two terms, or his first yeah. term, I should say. If you wanted to codify Roe v. Wade, you could have done it, and it would have yep. been really easy. You, w- you would have been able to rubber stamp that thing through Congress. Oh, yeah. They didn't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had other legislative priorities. Well, they're mm-hmm. turning their own rhetoric back on them. Why don't you care about the health of women? Yeah, big O. <laughs> they didn't. Barack right. Obama didn't care about the health of women, apparently, because, well, we got other things to do, like this health care scam, which is going to need bailout after bailout after bailout, and that's part Gosh. of this this other Inflation Reduction Act thing that they're trying to push through Congress. Anyway, man. Spending it, money you don't have well, is reducing inflation. Well, why not? You know, we'll get to that much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, you, you know, we just kind of touched on it, uh, yeah. is the Inflation Reduction Act, which does not actually reduce inflation. Uh, and it spends a whole lot of money on things like uh, renewable energy and whatnot. And Joe Manchin, who was supposed to be this principled guy, right? You, here's Here are my principles. I don't want to spend money we don't have because I'm worried about inflation. Well, this thing isn't actually going to do anything about inflation. No. Uh, we are spending money we don't have. Uh, but what actually happened was his state kind of got bought off. <laughs> Basically... Which, hey, man, if you're going to bat for your state, I guess that's how the game is played sometimes. But yeah, yeah that's, that's what he was holding out for. He that's, was holding out for that. No, exactly. It. All yeah. right, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, well, there's a news update. And then, of course, the trifecta with Scott Robbins' top three most important stories of the day next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, China is enraged after Nancy Pelosi landed in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, China is clinging on to this one China idea that Taiwan is actually a rogue province of mainland China. Mm-hmm. And any attempts at any heads of state visiting or conversing with leadership in Taiwan is a direct affront and threat to their personal national security. So they're mad because the Speaker of the House shows up there and gives a little speech and whatever. Um, I don't. I don't. They 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 said that they will uh, use all necessary measures to defend themselves. Now, look, I know we all saw the beach photo of Nancy Pelosi, and it was horrifying. Okay. Oof. But I, but I mean, they're not atom bombs, okay? They're you're going to be just fine. They're bombs. But... They are. <laughs> there's one. There's one meme where it's that picture of her. If you haven't seen it, no, uh, you know seen, her. Yeah. Well, her, her her breasts are spilling out. They are spilling out. Yes, there mm-hmm. there was a sale on milk. Um, swing low, <laughs> sweet cherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was there, there's 
There's a meme out there now that's got a picture of her superimposed on the poster for uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, no. But it says Top Gun Maverick. Oh, God. <laughs> I knew there was something coming there. Yep. So apparently they're very uh, threatened by a 120-year-old woman showing up uh, in Taiwan. Well, yeah. More coherent than Joe, but boy, that's well, a close slightly, one. you know, it's yeah. a close one. Yeah, well, you know, they they depend on some beer from Taiwan, I think. So, you know, isn't it interesting when you look at that party and you pull back the lens, and you say to yourself, you know, all the the younger voters who appear to lean that way, supporting like these ancient white people. Yeah, I mean, it is it is really, I mean, it is rather alarming when you look at it when you just pull it back and go, holy cow. Well, you know, the same people they rail against that are responsible for the mess they're in right now, they claim, are the same people that represent their party in power. Oh, yeah. They're they're the ones that have the stranglehold on power. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. These ancient, barely, you know, uh, functional old people who are running that party. Yeah. Well, it is amazing to go back in the archive and, and see a lot of these same people giving speeches in the 1980s in the early yeah. 90s and it, it's like look you you don't have to be you know 500 years old or methuselah or anything like that to remember the 1980s or the right 1990s but it's remarkable that these people who keep talking about transformative change have been there as long as i've been alive and then some mm -hmm. and where's the transformative change right what I has mean, actually happened golly yeah, Joe Biden with his arm around Harry Truman when he holds up, you know, Dewey, <laughs> Dewey defeats Truman. I mean, well, I mean, seriously, I mean, it, it is odd, though, mm -hmm. that you think you'd have these these young voices, you know, as part of the party yeah. in leadership positions, not just yelling from the side of the street, you know? Well, here's the problem. It's not just uh, about youth or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's that the Instagram crowd that is coming up within the Democratic Party, most Democratic voters loathe them. Yeah. They don't. Most Democratic voters are not in line with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez or Cory right. Bush or Ayanna Presley or, or Rashida Tlaib or any uh, any other member of the squad. They're not. They're not far left progressive voters. Most Americans are not far left progressive. So the the party realizes that the people who are coming up who are young are idiots, who are also out of step with most of America. So they can't put them in positions of power. Right. And all the other up-and-comers who are, uh, who would be perhaps decent in the party, uh, or for the party, I guess, uh, they're at risk now. They're in at-risk districts because the Republican Party is 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 rising mm -hmm. in these sort of toss-up districts. So they're they're in a spot, man. Because what what they, if I were trying to long-term strategize for the Democratic Party, I'd be saying we got to get socialists out of this party. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. We've got to try to win races in places like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's district. We've got to mm -hmm. try to figure out what happened there. As it stands right now, I want to, I, you know, I've, I've never been more tempted to do, to donate to a political campaign than I am right now with AOC. I, I want her out front and center representing the party because oh, I yeah. realize how toxic she is right, for that talking. brand. Please do all all four of you yeah, absolutely. absolutely stay right where you are. <clears throat> it is interesting though because I mean during the primary, I remember thinking to myself, well, they've got some young guns here, mm -hmm. younger, and they nominated a, a hundred year old man. You know, well, I mean, 
Yeah, because they were also, yeah. well, they were terrible. The other 99-year-old man was, was they <laughs> yeah. couldn't have him, No, right? they couldn't, yeah. Yeah, so. All right, are you anyway. ready for your big trifecta? Yeah, let's, let's roll right. it. All right, let's, let's, let's roll this thing out. Okay. Are you ready? One, two, one, two. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, it's the trifecta. We do it every time this day. It's the top three stories of the day, according to one Scott Robbins. And yep. we'll start out with number three. Uh, Gallup is apparently surprised that the Supreme Court's popularity or approval has actually gone up. Yeah, you kind of got to read between the lines here, but it did, and and that is worth talking about. Gallup decided to feature that aspect in a uh, reverse of the whole Republicans pounce narrative that's been out there, as part of the headline anyway. Uh, actually, the overall rating shows the overall approval of the Supreme Court has rose three points. Yeah, w- within the margin of error, of course. After a lot of the prominent rulings that were out there, uh, they decided to check it out. Overall job approval rating sits at 43%. It was 40% a year ago. Wow. But what's happened here is the Republicans' approval rating rose 29 percentage points. Dang. The Democrats fell 23 points. So there's your trade-off, right? Yeah. That's how this happens. And as far as independents are concerned, they stayed right where they were at about 40%. Wow. Nothing moved. So net gain, three points. Hey, there you go, man. You know, but you would never know that, man, if you just follow along, because it doesn't seem that way, does it? Oh, no. The, the way that national media always covers, yeah. especially abortion, is you would never realize that the vast majority of Americans in poll after poll, it's one of the most consistent polling numbers we've seen in the last 20 years. When it comes to abortion, Americans in general are way more, conser- uh, way more conservative than most well, media outlets would lead you to believe. We've talked about it before. It's it's the question that doesn't get asked. Yeah, that when you ask that question, you see a a the tide turn. Oh yeah, rather quickly. Yeah, uh, people don't have the stomach for that. You know, up to nine months stuff. No, they don't. Um, it, it is interesting though. I, I like I like following. You know, the thing I guess when I see this, I'm like, the Supreme Court shouldn't give one fat frog's fanny about approval rates. Oh no, not at all. Right, uh, that shouldn't even factor in. But I mean, people do it because they're curious, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And the a, a political wind's tilted, let's face it. Yeah. You know? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, there you go. All right. It's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. Number two, uh, the star witness of the January 6th committee, <laughs> Cassidy Hutchinson, who was the one who broke the seal on this story of Donald Trump lunging forward in the presidential oh, SUV, yeah. grabbing the wheel and saying, take me to the Capitol, losers. We're doing an insurrection. Yeah, Donald Trump did all those things, according to Cassidy Hutchinson. Yeah. Now, did she actually witness these things? Well, no, it was hearsay evidence, but it was admissible in the kangaroo court that it is. So uh, Cassidy was appalled about Donald Trump, and she was going to take him down. She was a stunningly brave woman who was willing to take a stand against her former boss. Stunningly brave woman. Uh, Anyway, now we learn today that Cassidy Hutchinson kept working for the man that she wanted to bring down, the stunningly brave woman. She worked for him for nine to ten weeks after he left the White House, earned a uh, taxpayer-funded paycheck. This is according to government documents. Now, you would think if somebody was that violated, 
yeah. by the behavior of someone after he was out of office, you'd run the other way quickly, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, it, I, I will say this, that if I truly thought that you, Scott Robbins, uh, tried to uh, launch an insurrection against the United States of America, I probably yeah. would not want to be on a radio show with you anymore. You wouldn't keep me on for 10 weeks after I, that, David? I don't, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think, think I would, yeah. I think it would be, a, it's, it's him or me, and I think, I, I unfortunately, don't wanna, I, don't I would wind up losing in that one. I don't want to speak for Markley, but I don't think he, I think he'd agree with you on that one. <laughs> I think I'd be kicked off the island for sure. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I just thought I'd mention that because, again, this is just such garbage. And when she got up there and was the stunningly brave in the face of adversity, yeah, she's willing to come before she can tell the absolute well, truth. It was it was not that long ago that apparently she was still asking Trump for money and help. Yes, with all of this, she made ninety grand a year, by the way, working yeah. for the president. Well, there just you in go. case you were wondering, yeah. All right, top three stories of the day: the Scott mm-hmm. Robbins trifecta, and coming in at number one, Sean King, a social <laughs> justice activist. Now, uh, now, yeah. now, actual activists on the street who yes. actually do work instead of like what he does is cyber bully people i think he that's he, right he pushed a, a, a teenager into killing him or herself something like that i mean like it was, yeah the guy's yeah, a horrible person but but true activists apparently call him talcum x because he's a fake black person <laughs> i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that well uh very controversial the Black Lives Matter activist, Sean King, by the way, you saw him all over TV for a while. His political pack used donor money, again, donor money, to help out the BLM cause. Sean spent 40 grand of that money to buy a freaking dog. $40,000 for a dog? $40,000 for a dog. It was a mastiff. Okay. Prize show dog. Oh, okay. Named Mars. Uh-huh. Mars. And he ended up buying the thing. He spent $40 in donated money, of course, $40,000 uh, of donated money to buy it. And, of course, they're just uncovering this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it, uh, as a stay with the King family. Apparently was not long-lived, however. The dog won the top prize at the Kennel Club, and that's when Sean bought the dog. But he said he ended up, he had to give the dog back. Uh, but he did spend the $40,000 to buy the dog in the first place. So, oh, so, you go. so it's money laundering. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on. You didn't really want the dog. So yet. many of these people who are in the social justice activist class, yes, they really right. are just scam artists. Well, what did Patrice Cullors buy? That house? We, well, what, the by house. the way, what's going on with that? Is she still living in the house? I don't think she was ever living in the in the mansion. I think they bought that it. That was just for the party going and yeah. the and organizational meetings. Yeah, yeah, and I think she lives in a different house that's also in a gated community. Right. Um, and she bought a couple family members a house. They bought some communist temple in Toronto or something. Right. I mean, they look. I mean, they are scam artists. Uh, Gosh. Anybody dang. who was getting in front of cameras and justifying rioting and and the violence, especially that we saw. Before this, but really, uh, as it came to a head in 2020, uh, everybody who was out front with that is a scam artist. Um, and I think that I, I, I look forward to the day when media outlets or some of these woke companies apologize uh, to America for helping advance the scam. 
they won't, but, you know, a guy can dream, right? Well, yeah, I mean, and, you know, the thing is, all these corporations, you know, that wrote these big checks, um, unaccounted, you know, and generally speaking, when you're a corporation and you write a big check to a charitable organization of some kind, mm-hmm. you get the receipts, you do your work to make sure you're not going to yeah. get scammed or it's not going to look horrible, right? Yeah. They didn't They didn't do that. They just no. wrote the checks. No. They the, had no idea where it was going. They the, didn't care. The check was the lamb's blood on Passover, man. That's, That's what it was. Right. It's like, yeah. okay, hey, we're right. with the cause. Please don't burn down our building. Right. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah so Pure anyway. extortion. All go. right. We got Nimrods in the news coming up as well as another news update. This is the Mark Levan Camp and Robin Show. David Van Camp there, Scott Robbins, Jamie Markley's out. Got All right, what's happening? What's out. going on? Okay, what's look, happening? this is entertainment news, I know, but if you followed the show for quite some time, we've had an ongoing bit about uh, Demi Lovato. Demi, Demi Lovato. Love for Demi Lovato. <clears throat> Demi Lovato, at one point we had, we had talked about, would be my quote-unquote hall pass with my wife, and then she went completely off the rails, Demi Lovato did. Yeah, not your wife, no. And not my wife, no, she's no. she's fine. She knows there's no chance of that happening. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea, right? right? Yeah, like, right. No, well, it's not going to happen anyway. Right. Uh, but then, you know, Demi Lovato goes out and she, she starts talking about uh, finding alien life, and then she's a lesbian, and then she's not a lesbian, and then she's, you know, and then she's non-binary, right? That was this whole thing. She was like, I want to use the they, them pronouns, and... You know, and I was like, okay, we're done. She's off the hall pass list, okay? Done. Right, done. So <laughs> I just see this headline because I said when 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 she initially was doing the whole non-binary thing, I said there's no such thing as non-binary. That, that's, a, that's a cry for attention. Yeah. It's what it is, okay? Yeah. I, I, I believe that people who say they're non-binary, you just want the attention of being trans, but you don't want to commit. Right. Yes. Right. To actually living your life as a as a different gender. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I was I said I, I got some messages saying that was very hurtful. You know, let them live their truth and all that nonsense. Right. Well, Demi right. Lovato is back to being a she her because uh, she, she her. didn't. The attention dried up. I guess. Yeah. Need so, to move on to something else. Now, now I got to do something else. Now she's gonna uh, embrace the mullet uh, even more. I think. She's, she's sporting the mullet. She's got days? a mullet, yeah. Okay, or she did nice. last time I saw her. I mean, I, nice. I don't know, but again, I didn't leave Demi. Demi left me. That's how it works. <laughs> Gosh, you know. Anyway, sorry that that was just. Uh, I know that there no, are a lot of people. I, no, it's all right. No, cares, it's all right because David has had an unnatural and, attraction and, to her for a long time. So. I don't know if it's unnatural, but well, I mean, she hasn't. You had no shot. I mean, it no. was just one of those far away right, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. You know. All right, we got to get to Nimrods in the news. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> 
All right, we don't have a lot of time. This is in San Francisco. A guy near San Francisco was arrested last week after trying to outrun the cops on a stand-up paddleboard. <laughs> I don't know why you would try to outrun the cops. I mean, in San Francisco, most crime is legal. It doesn't make any sense. But no, he was caught. Of course, yeah. Uh, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.